Hey kids, Sports Calgary members have access to resources such as marketing on social media, blog entries, features, and placements on the events listing. Become a member. It's easy and it's free. Visit www.sportcalgary.ca slash members. Hi everybody and welcome to a little project we called, and this is the fun part, it's the Original Six Feet Podcast. Or if you like, the Original Six Feet Podcast. But I like... The original six feet podcast. My name's Rob Kerr. Uh, pleasure to have you aboard. Um, this is a podcast born out of a situation. But rather than look at it as a negative, let's look at it as an opportunity. Um, at Sport Calgary, we're always looking for ways to connect our members, to connect the public, to connect the city, to connect organizations, to connect sports to each other, to flow through, share information, uh, promote all of the great attributes of sport at the smallest level to the largest level, at the youngest level to the oldest level, at the most basic level to the most complicated level, to grassroots to professional. Uh, We live in the greatest city in the world. Uh, We live in the greatest city in Canada. We're proud of that. Uh, We hope you're proud of that. Uh, And as a result, we were noodling. Coming up with an idea. So the, here's the deal. For the next little while, we're all kind of staying where we are, right? Uh, for the next little while, we're going to practice social distancing. For the next little while, uh, we're going to work from home. Um, we're going to entertain ourselves. So I thought, geez, Rob, uh, what could we do to help? Because, of course, uh, full disclosure, and boy, are you going to hear that term a lot, full disclosure. Full disclosure, I am a board member, a director for Sport Calgary. I volunteer my time on the board. Love it. Have done so now for two terms, whatever that is, close to five years, six years. Um, And every once in a while, you may have come across other podcasts. We do membership profiles, which I love doing every June. We talk to a bunch of different sports and sports organizations in Calgary and and promote them and talk about them and and give them a little love. But we also do the uh, We've Solved Nothing podcast with my friend David Leg over at Mount Royal University. And I'm assuming there will be one or two of those to come here at some point. He might even be a guest on this very program. Uh, But what we want to do is bring together um, some of my friends. Some people you know, um, some people who have some stories to tell, some people who want to talk about certain topics. Um, Basically, we want to create positive conversations about sport in our city. Share stories from local figures about what makes YYC special. It's about coming together as a city at this time. So we are going to talk to a whole bunch of different people. Uh, We've already begun scheduling the process. Our goal is to do these fairly regularly. Um, i.e. read into that hopefully, you know, mostly daily. Um, I am a volunteer, so my other uh, real job will kind of dictate that. But I'll tell you what, we uh, we cast a rather wide net. We got a lot of response. So really, really cool. I think you're going to hear from some very neat voices. Um, I think sometimes it's just going to be storytelling. I think sometimes it's going to be topic-based. Um, but it's always going to come back to one thing, and that's the city of Calgary and sport in this city and, and people who are around it connected to it. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. G- glad you're with us. Glad you have chosen uh, to download said podcast, stream said podcast. Uh, by now you know where it is because you found it. I, I don't have to promote that part. I will. Uh, you know, Keep your eye on Sport Calgary on our social pages. Uh, keep your eye on the website. 
Uh, if you like it, great. Um, tell other people. Share it. Um, what this is intended to be at the end of the day, uh, to me, in my experience, sport, particularly at the professional level, but I think at all levels, sport is that distraction. Sport is that escape. Sport takes us from reality and puts us in a place where for that moment, for that time, we can invest in something that isn't our day-to-day um, trials and tribulations, drama. Um, maybe our days are great. I don't want to say everybody's having bad days, but it's a diversion. And at its absolute peak, it brings us together like nothing else does. It allows us to escape into a world that is a roller coaster of emotion, um, a roller coaster of opinion. Uh, just that's what makes it for me. Now, I do ask you to bear with me. It's been a while since I've done this on a regular basis. I'm probably going to be a little rusty, um, but really excited about where we're starting off. And just a reminder, we are doing this for Sport Calgary. Sport Calgary is a volunteer-based, nonprofit society guided by a deep love of sport and a mission to help sport grow here in our city. Love it. I got liners, so it's been a long time since I've had to read liners. Who better, who better to lead us off than a sporting icon, um, a fearless sporting parent, a fearless athlete herself, um, and just a, an all-around really cool person. I, I think she's wonderful. Uh, I Again, full disclosure, sh- she is the president and CEO of Sport Calgary, and I happen to be on the Sport Calgary board. Am I biased? Of course I'm biased. And you are going to find that my biases come out quite a bit because this ain't hard news. These are fun conversations. Katrina LeMay-Doan, right out of the gate. We'll start it off with Katrina. And who better? I mean, as an Olympian, she did what no other Canadian athlete ever did, and that was defend an Olympic gold medal in an individual event. She did that in Salt Lake City. She competed in four games. Uh, She is a multiple uh, medal winner. Uh, She is a champion. Um, she, she was absolutely dominant in her sport. Um, she's from Saskatoon, but lives here in Calgary. What else can I tell you about her? She's a broadcaster, um, and, and a Gemini award-winning broadcaster. She is a leader. Um, she does so much within sport, but it's really her as a parent and her as a, um, an adult in sport that inspires me the most. Uh, every time I talk to Katrina, I learn something. Every time I'm around Katrina, I learn something. Um, I think she's one of the neatest, most fearless people I know uh, because she continues to try things. She continues continues to push herself. Um, if you follow her on social media, uh, she does spend a lot of time with her family outdoors, and she does that with a purpose. Uh, she shares with a purpose, I mean, uh, because she is a big influencer when it comes to being physically involved, actively involved, uh, getting out, doing things as a family. Uh, she's uh, hands-on with her two kids in sport, uh, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that. But she's really cool, and I thought, you know what? We're going to start this new podcast. Uh, we ought to have a really cool first guest. So let's kick it off, shall we? So glad you can join us. The original Six Feet Conversations. And let's kick it off today with Katrina LeMaydone. Here we are. 
There's lots to talk about with you every day. That that you know, having a, a podcast with Katrina is not an issue. That it's how many can we do? But this one's a little unique. Um, I, I I can't imagine that um, you ever thought, like many of us ever thought, that here we'd be. Um, you know, social distancing and isolation and all of these new terms that really weren't here two weeks ago. No, it is. Uh, I guess I keep saying this is our new normal. But let's let's confirm it's for now. This will not be our new normal forever, but it is an adjustment. And I think what is tough for everybody, and that's where we're just everybody's getting used to it, is how quickly all of that escalated. School, you know, everything was saying, oh, school will go ahead. Everybody calm down. All of a sudden, you know, uh, events canceled school canceled, everybody work from home if you can, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just escalated and it's the unknown. We're a society that does not like unknown. And I'm going to admit that I'm a person who doesn't (laughs) like the unknown. I've always been a planner. (laughs) If I need to get to a certain point with sport, that's what we did. We had a plan for, you know, a quadrennial. So the unknown, I think we're getting used to maybe a little bit. And, um, you know, it, it's tough, it's weird, but through it all, we're seeing some pretty amazing characters and, and characteristics of people coming out helping each other. So, you know, we always have to look for good in bad situations, and um, we live, we're going through this in, in the best country and the best community, but um, there are some pretty incredible people out there. And, and for the purposes of you and I, that, you know, in, in different ways, but our lives have been connected to sport forever, and now it stops, like, abruptly. I mean, it's it's yeah. weird when the – it's weird that day before and the day after Major League Baseball's All-Star Game in July, because there's nothing – nothing happens, and people freak out, and, and now <laughs> nothing, nothing. Um, uh-huh. Amateur, professional, Olympic, it doesn't matter – it's so hard to wrap your head around, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm going to, selfishly, um, my daughter's team, who ringette team, who'd been doing really well this year, um, you know, I, I won't use the term that I had been using, but they did not do well at provincials. And it was a it was a sudden, their season's over, they're devastated, you know, 14, 15, 16-year-old girls, us as coaches are devastated. And... And we started getting used to that. But I'm going to tell you what, what broke my heart, and yet I know it's all perspective, was the day before my son had his final game. They beat Medicine Hat handedly the, the weekend before. So this was going to be their final game. Gonna They would, I, you know, I believe, I know sport is unknown, and we see that every day, but I believe that the next day they were going to win the banner. And it's a tough thing to do for kids' sports, and then it was canceled. So my heart broke for him and for his team. And and that's kind of for me when it was a bit of reality that, oh, just one game, you know, just one game. It's only 30 kids. It will be fine. But it was the right decision. Um, and then – you know you always need the perspective and it still breaks my heart for these little boys but you know when you see these grade 12s that they won't have their last year of playing rugby they won't have their last year of playing um field hockey that breaks my heart for them because my kids are grade 10 and grade 7 so you know yes it's tough but 
they have more years of doing this and, and getting that where a lot of these grade 12 students, a lot of the fifth year university students, they didn't have that final competition and that closure. And as an athlete, that I'm going to say that will be very tough. And I think tougher than probably they realize. And through this time is when we get through this time and the other end and months later, I think we're really going to have to monitor how everybody handles this uh, mentally, because I think those things, as small as they seem, they're a, they're a significant part of somebody's life. And I, I really think we're going to have to focus on the mental health side. You know, I, it's funny because I thought, well, you know, we could talk a couple minutes about this and we'll get into Sport Calgary and then we'll get into tell some story. And here you, you in a moment, you've taken me to a great topic. <laughs> Because, no, but let's let's talk about that because you can come at it from, yeah. as an athlete, you can come at it as a parent, yeah. you can come at it as a coach. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if you saw, but Hockey Calgary awarded their medals. So, you know, you had a winner, they determine a winner and they determine a loser. And, of course, there's always blowback on that. But I've always mm-hmm. felt, and I would love to pick your brain on this, you're right. Mm-hmm. We need to support that you you need to take these we need to take these and turn these into teaching lessons because ultimately and you can speak to this mm-hmm. probably better than I can sport really is about your failures it's 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 your multitude yeah. of failures that lead to your successes it, it, i wouldn't necessarily call this a failure as much as you know it's a change it's something you have to adapt to but mm-hmm. sport can be the catalyst for these discussions can it for sure it can. I mean, sport is the catalyst uh, for so many things. And when we looked at, you know, we were fortunate that on March 4th at Sport Calgary, we were able to do our chamber event, uh, partner with the chamber and Canada Sports Hall of Fame and have this panel on corporate uh, leadership and, and corporate athletes. Because the thing is, is there's so much, um, you know, between sport and business and life that, that you know, you bring those same characteristics. And so when we talk about the lessons that we learn, um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it sucks. I think what really though, like it sucks when we talk about the failure side, but I think the toughest thing, and this is where we don't always know the effect is the unknown. So, you know, hockey Calgary gave out their medals. Uh, Yes, there will be pushback on some. Some will agree, some won't. Um, my son plays out of Cal, so Central Alberta Hockey League, so they did not do that. Um, and it's the unknown because sport is unknown. And so um, throughout my career, I had good and I had bad, and I learned from both because I had to learn how to deal with failure from falling at an Olympics where I was one of the top five in the world. And then I had to learn to deal with success, which people don't talk about. They don't talk about the tough part of dealing with success. So I had to deal with those, but I finished them and I had closure in my own way. And I think the tough part is when people don't have full closure. Um, I'm going to point to, and fair or not, I'm going to talk about Jeremy Weatherspoon. And in 2002, where everybody you know, said, well, Jared's going to win. And Casey Fitzrandolph, who was a U.S. skater who was training with us at the time, mm-hmm. Jared fell, Casey won. And, I mean, Casey was one of the top skaters in the world. Casey himself would probably say, and he would say, you know, if Jared hadn't fallen, if he hadn't towed in, which is something that's never really happened, he would have won. But it's been tough for Jeremy. It's it's for sure been tough because it's the unknown. That, that sort of part of his life was not 
completed. There was not a, you know, whatever the result was, you can't wrap it up and put it away. So I think that's the tough part. And I think, especially for some of the older athletes, and again, you know, there's, whether it's university level, whether it's community level, whether it's national level, not having that end result and the unknown is is going to be one of the toughest things. I mean, we know that sport is so good, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. And, you know, that's where at some point we can come back to, you know, what do we do in these situations to keep that mental health? But yeah. I really think that the awareness of, you know, and I guess I look at grade 12s because I have a few friends whose kids are in grade 12 and they won't have a graduation ceremony. They won't have these things that we look back on and giggle and go, oh, man, you know, as a 17-year-old, boy, was I ever a geek, this, that. They, they won't have some of those, and I think that's going to be extremely tough. So it, we come from an era, the two of you, and I maybe I'm wrong about this, but we would have come from the, well, suck it up, buttercup era, right? Like, ah, yeah, that's just life. <laughs> yeah. Let, live with it. And, and again, I do believe in the strength of sport and, and helping you teach lessons and things like that. So let's just okay. talk about that. What what advice, what would okay. you impart on a – you know, when a high school senior or a college player that, you know, we saw those, mm-hmm. the Mount Royal girls, right? They were at the CIS championships. Mm-hmm. They were already a game yeah. in. And, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're graduating, uh, your seniors are out. What, what advice do you have for mm-hmm. them? You know, I mean, you do almost in, in certain ways, not the wording, but I'm just going to use the wording because you use it, the, 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 the suck it up. Because you know what the thing is, is, we can't, and I think this is where sometimes we need a bit of reality. We can't change it. Yeah. That happened. So, so, so don't sugarcoat it. Um, you know, when we, when my daughter's team, we had a team meeting that night and we were talking about provincials and well, let's just not call it provincials. And I went, are you kidding me? The girls are calling it provincials. They know they messed up. So let's not sugarcoat it. So the thing is, is that it, it, it's done. So that is the reality. You will not finish and that's that. So then, but now the thing is, is how do you deal with it? And I think that's where it's, that's where individuals have to figure out what they need. And that's where the support of, whether it's professionals, whether it's coaches, whether it's parents, and, and for each person, it's different. And that's what I think we don't talk about enough. How I deal with something isn't right or wrong. It's just different than how somebody else deals with it and what I really dislike is when people say well you know what look how she she or he dealt with it you know what you have to figure it out well that's fine how they did but how do I and I think giving this strength to individuals and again I'm talking about you know sort of every person and and even in the business world there are going to be certain things that aren't finished so this applies not just to sport but to business and to life that this is the reality i think we we can't we need to face the truth but then how do we deal and there's no right or wrong and it's you know we have to stop with a finger pointing on from everything and to everybody whether it's dealing with um, you know, loss, whether it's dealing with success, whatever it is, um, how does somebody deal? And so I think finding the resources and the support for the, for the people, that's what we have to figure out. Um, and again, give support, but, but telling people it's not wrong either way. Like, 
um, one of the dads, when I posted something about my heart was breaking for my son, the dad posted and said, my, his son had said today was the day I was going to become a champion. And, and that's how he felt at the moment. But I think, you know, my answer is, well, they were champions because they battled and man, they were doing so well. So how do you define a champion? Mm. And I think that's what it comes back to is, um, you know, and, and this is really from how my mom raised us, was that, what are your values? You know, when I fell at the Olympics, yes, I took that as I failed, but do I look that as I'm a failure as a person? And, and at times you do, and times you do, and that's human nature, but I think it comes down to take that stuff away, and who are you as a person? And that's tough. I mean, that's tough for us. And that's tough for me at my age. It's tough for kids. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we ever really figure ourselves out, but it's the evolution of that. So I think when we're looking at this side of dealing with these setbacks that we're all going to encounter that we have encountered, it's what do you put, what do you put true value on? And, and that's, that's tough. It's, it's, at least we have time. I, I guess that's the one thing we have going for us is that we do yeah. have some time to sit back and, and, and talk. Did you, your examples, your, your experiences, you know, are you still kind of having those conversations with your kids here a couple of days later, a week later? Um, a little bit. Um, you know, it's, they've gone through this week of, woohoo, we don't have school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, is this how it's going to be until September? And, you know, we're in the situation with, with CBE and we understand that, you know, the unknown is there right now. And they've said, just give us time and that's okay. And, and the reality is, is today, um, you know, they're on spring break for, for, for Calgary public schools. So I have said to them, don't worry about stuff right now. It's actually spring break. So even if this wasn't the situation, that that's gone and then the other part is the is the sports yes it's it's tough but i think now they're starting to see that oh you mean my spring sports won't happen oh you mean i actually won't be on the ice again until september so you know and this is the unknown and so um you know there's it's again it's always perspective because um know there are other things that you can be doing and it's time together but yeah it's tough for sure um you know and for my son he's in a situation where now he moves up he's going up to Bantam and so he was going to be learning how to hit and doing all that and so as a parent I'm kind of like oh my goodness now does he just start the season like that so you know he gets excited and I get panicked so <laughs> it's all different perspective um, and I'm thinking okay yeah we're gonna do some driveway lessons <laughs> okay not me I was I gonna say are you taking about. your child out into the, and body checking him on your driveway is that what you're doing <laughs> he he had done two sessions of this little camp and so yeah. he got the basics but no I'll be uh <laughs> You might be coming over, Rob, and giving him some lessons. So, That's a problem. Um, the, the social distancing component doesn't work for that particular skill set, right? 
<laughs> yeah, well, I'm thinking we're coming out of that at some point. So yeah. then that's what I'm going to ask people. But, you know, it's that sort of stuff. Like, and, and this is the problem is I do what everybody does is, you know, okay, let's calm down. Let's take things into perspective. Let's figure out what we can do. But then we get too far ahead of ourselves. Right. Right. And, and, oh no, what, what about this? What about that? And, uh, you know, I, I usually am a pretty good sleeper. I don't need a ton of sleep, but I'll tell you that the last few days I've been awake for a couple hours during the night with all of that going through my head and going, I can't control it, but that's just my, that's just my way. So I think, you know, my advice, um, to parents who are dealing with kids in this situation is let's just put it all into perspective and, you know, we can't change anything and, just take in the moment, but as parents and as people who are panicking, and it is a panic time for sure, is let's not get ahead of ourselves because we will come out of it at some point and we, you know, good always comes from bad. There is, I, I truly believe that. Um, I want to, I, I, I've said this to you before, I, I've, I've mentioned it quite a few times. If If I was building the perfect human being, I would take whatever's in your DNA that makes you fearless about sport and, and makes you want to try everything. So I want to ask you a question based on that. Um, we're going to come out of this. We're going to relive our lives again. Well, you and I know that we have challenges in the sport world right now with getting kids involved. Not 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 like when we play, when we were young, everybody did it. But now it's we got to recruit. We got to recruit kids just to to participate. What advice do you have for parents who are on the outside looking in about sport and, and being involved in sport? Because, you know, you're 29, yet I don't know anybody that tries new stuff as much as you do. You have this hunger, this passion to try things. How do you how can you pass that on or how can you give a parent or parents that that little push over the edge to get involved? Let me clarify something. My um, first of all, yeah, thanks. I'm not 29. <laughs> um, but the other thing is that when you say fearless, athletes are good actors because I fear a lot of things. But I, right. I kind of put this facade on. But the thing is, is that it comes from this wanting to not have regrets. Mm -hmm. And whether I was 15 or now at 49, I, I don't want to have regrets. So. I have tried new things, and it is really cool. And I have thick enough skin now, and I'm going to say now, that, you know, I'm okay to try something and really suck at it. You know, I did triathlon for the first time last year. I did two of them, and I don't put my face in the water. And everybody said, well, you can't do that. And I said, well, watch me. I did a triathlon <laughs> doing breaststroke with my head out of the water. The back of my neck was really tight but you know I, I really sucked and everybody laughed at me and I don't really care so I think what what I take from when I sort of go forward with that to parents and to kids is to be completely honest and to be completely upfront. I mean when I go into schools whether it's you know with Sport Calgary and Sports Hall of Fame and and, and all these different organizations and I talk to kids it's it's about telling those stories that I get scared I'm an adult and I get scared about embarrassing myself. And then I embarrass myself and I'm like, 
actually, I'm okay still. So I try to make sure and have people understand that it's okay. That, you know, I was never this cool kid in school. I'm still not this cool kid. I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a loner. Oh, you know? you're and, cool. And you're this... cool. Don't, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is, you know what I also tell is that, and that was a little bit of that last week or couple weeks ago goodness who knows when it was beginning of march when we were talking international women's day is that you know be be try be powerful it's okay if you're female it's okay if you know even if it's sometimes fake and i'll tell you that people get intimidated by by that people don't always like that but it's it's the only way i would raise my children is that admiring power and and trying to be resilient so i try to tell these parents that i try to tell these kids that and then we go down to why try things because it empowers you because even if it even if you're not very good at it the sense of accomplishment of trying something new it doesn't matter where you're from it doesn't matter if you know you've been born and raised in this community this country if you're brand new doesn't matter if you speak the language when you try something new it does empower you whether you're good at it or not because you know deep down even if you're slightly embarrassed about how you've done it it does empower you and that's aside from all the physical aspects from the emotional meeting people and you know, those are the things that, in a nutshell, from example, that I try to show. And that's why, you know, I'm often super active on social media, just showing. Like, the other morning, I just went out to Bright Creek because I needed to just get my dogs out, get myself out, and be out in fresh air. And I go up a slight hill. I was a sprinter. I have to stop. I totally suck at it. But it didn't matter. So those are the things that I try to tell them is that, it will empower you. It, not only does it give us the physical side and then we can meet new people, but it's the knowing that we tried something. And so I think that's what's most satisfying about what we do at Sport Calgary is giving that opportunity, whether it's kids or adults, it's try something new. And it's intimidating and probably as an adult more intimidating. But, um, you know, that's we need to just keep getting to the kids, getting to the parents and saying, just try it. It's okay to try and it's okay to fail and it's okay to succeed. If you had a, cause I, I, again, I, you are an influencer. You mentioned the social media, you post these things that you do and, and you talk a little bit about sport Calgary, of course, all sport one city, all sport one day are, are the two flagships for us. Um, mm-hmm. the what have you tried post Olympic career? that might have been different for you as a youth growing up if you tried it earlier? Because you, you, you tried field hockey, right? Yep, I played a season of field hockey, and yeah. I actually wanted to keep playing, but it was just scheduling. Um, was there anything? Was, great. was there anything that, you know, you have a little bit of regret for not trying earlier? Uh, you know, I, I don't like the word necessarily regret. Okay, because, yeah. Because, well... I, I would have liked to have tried a lot of things. Um, you know, I did track through my 20s. So when people yep. talk multi-sport, I did track and field even after I'd gone to an Olympics yep. because I wanted to do Canada Games. So I've done multi-sport my whole life, but with a focus, obviously, on speed skating. Um, there were things that I really <clears throat> couldn't have done 
post-career because then I had my daughter right away. I was doing broadcasting. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I played ringette before I speed skated. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now I play in the ladies' league. I just started playing hockey three or four years ago. Um, and that's, you know, it's it's a little bit intimidating because most people do not beat me to the puck because I'm – I'm pretty fast in hockey skates. I'm very stubborn. Okay. Although my daughter now beats me in hockey skates, which really makes me mad. <laughs> I can't do I can't do anything with a puck. I'm useless with a puck. I get the puck and I'm like, ooh, get rid of it. You know, I'm I'm terrible. And so I wished, you know, I wished that I had sort of tried like just stick handling a little earlier. But you know, I've tried that and then I did field hockey and um and then last year I tried uh triathlons and so things just they kind of evolve and so in a way I put myself out there um you know I I try to stay active not as active as I should I probably eat more and have more wine than I should than I do activity but <laughs> that's just the reality <laughs> sure. but um you know I, I I'll try anything you know, I've tried various things with All Sport One City, and it's been fun to try new things. But, you know, the reality is, you know, I'm at home on my own with my two kids. And when it's sports season, it's too busy. My stuff, obviously, is, is the last to be done. So they're the priority. Um, but it's tough to do more things. But I'll always try something new. And I needed to get to this point. I needed, I think, to get to this age. I needed to get to this point of, you know, not worrying about what people say to do that. And I think everybody gets to that point at different times. And I go back to the, it's there's no specific right time. It was right for me. I might be rusty, so this might not be a great question. You can tell me. Harder conversation to have. Recruit a, a parent to put their kids in sport for the first time and, and let them try. Not be scared off because of costs or crazy whatevers. Or is the more difficult conversation to have to encourage a parent to allow their child to be a multi-sport athlete? Oh, that's tough. Um, they're probably both. They're probably both equal, right? Yeah, they are, and it just I, it depends on the circumstance. Um, you know, for sure, and especially now in this uncertain time, cost is going to be, uh, cost can be prohibitive. And so we have measures and, you know, I think more will, will come about in order to help with that. Um, but I don't think it should ever be a conversation about is multi-sport good? It, to me, what, what makes me so sad is that should always be the knowing. It should be the assumption. And it should be the, you know, do other things. I mean, I look at my daughter who plays high-level ringette, and she still did other things. She was still participating in cross-country at school and doing other things because it's not just the physical side, which I think now at my age, that's why – you know, I'm going to touch wood here, knock on wood, is that I don't have injuries because I was multi-sport. Yeah. I really think that's a huge part. But it's also the mental break. You know, as much as you love a sport, you need that mental break. There are certain sports, I think, that are a little bit different. And people say gymnastics and diving, those are more the early spe specialization. But there is no reason 
that any other sport that you shouldn't be multi-sport. So to me, it's, you know, I, I, I hate that we continue, not that I hate that we continue to have that conversation, but I, but I hate the people that you have to try to convince people. Um, and it becomes then to me, it's always then about the parent. It's not about the kid. And my parent, my parents didn't come from sport. And I think that's why I was so fortunate because they, you know, they didn't really understand that. And, and they just said, do whatever, you know, but don't forget about your school. And, you know, I'm the same way with my kids because I, I see that and I, I want them to be active and they love sport and I love it. But, you know, they, they know that they want to do multiple things. And so I don't have to push them on that. And it makes me sad when we have to sort of have that conversation with parents. Our guest is Katrina LeMay-Done, who just happens to be the president and CEO of Sport Calgary. Sport Calgary, you say? Yes, I say Sport Calgary. They act as a resource for sports organizations with a ton of information available online at sportcalgary.ca. Learn about community and coaching resources, research, jobs, and, of course, the latest in Calgary sport. Got to get the promos in, Katrina. Um, Of course. Thank you. How has this gone for you? How has becoming the president and CEO of Sport Calgary gone and and where does this kind of fit in your journey in sport you know I I've been in this position I guess now for six months and it's been great and you know I had the perfect mentor with Murray Sigler and he took Sport Calgary to such an incredible place uh building it up becoming a civic partner building that relationship with the city of Calgary and you know, really getting that respect. And then um, we used to we used to joke a couple of years ago, oh, you want to learn about us? Don't go to our website. <laughs> it was so terrible. And now with Evans Hunt sponsorship, I mean, our website is spectacular. And, you know, we're so grateful to them for the work that they've done. And we are a huge resource and we're respected and we're, we're turned to now with whether it's from, you know, the provincial budget cut to what's happening now, people come to us and we're a really small but you know, mighty team. We have, you know, with, with you on the board, with so many people that are such great resources, we have a powerful and strong board and, you know, great members of the community. So I've been fortunate to step into that role. And, you know, there are a few things that I've really wanted to do. I, I don't ever want to lose that community, uh, that community touch and community feel, because that's what empowers me right. is getting to that grassroots sport. And, you know, I know that we need the grassroots. I came from it. My kids are in it. We need those, that involvement to, as I said, to empower people regardless of the level. And some of those kids who are getting involved will get to that next level. And that's great. And I'm, and I'm for the grassroots. I'm for the community. I'm for the provincial. I'm for the national. I'm in for the international. We need all those different levels of sport because they inspire each other and they inspire us as adults. So that's what we do well. And, you know, one of my things was to really get more engaged in that business and, and community and, and to continue to build out within the community. So, as I mentioned earlier, we're fortunate to have that event partnered with the Chamber and Hall of Fame, and our next one is scheduled for June, and I'm hoping that that's going to go ahead. Right. And, you know, we have a lot of things that we want to do. We want to be, um, you know, everybody's talking about safe sport, and there's there's a safe sport that's to a certain level of provincial, but nothing 
nothing is there for local clubs. And so I've talked to Sport Canada people, I've talked to different provincial people, and so we're all on the same page about what do local clubs need? And so those are our members, and we've talked to them. And so, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff in the member survey about what do you need, and so we're starting to resource that. And so we're, you know, there are a few things that we really you know, need to help our members with. How do you get more sponsorship? And, you know, right now it's going to be, it's going to be tougher than ever. And we're all sort of asking the same questions. So I, I love that we're continuing to build. We're continuing to be a resource. And, you know, I just had a call the other day with all the sport councils in Alberta. And so we're doing more of that about the, the really working together. And it's, I love it. I love it because it's the world that I'm involved in. Right. I'm involved in these grassroots sports from as a parent, as a participant, and as a coach, and as work. So it's it's great. Um, where does that fit in the journey? I have no idea. Does anybody have any idea? If you can look in that crystal ball, then can you tell us a whole bunch of other things? Because <laughs> um, who knows? But, you know, that's where I kind of in the journey gets scary a little bit, but... I've been on a pretty intimidating journey for many years, so um, I, <laughs> I, I kind of embrace it. The unknown has been a part of my life for a long time. So, um, you know, my, my biggest thing, though, is just that I was given this opportunity. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to go with it. And, um, you know, I just, between that and, and the volunteer work that I do, I, you know, at the end of the day, I just... I want to make an impact because, you know, and I always say this, we never know when it's our last day. So if today is my last day, if, if tomorrow people can say she, she made an impact, then I have succeeded. So two questions that come off of that one, and it's maybe it's a little bit of talking shop, but uh, you open the door. Interesting times in our city right now, when it comes to the role of, of sport. And, and I guess if you want, we've kind of co-op that word and turn it into active uh, with the Active City Collective, which you and I are both contributing with, that uh, Dr. Finch and, and David Lake from Mount Royal are, are heading the, the Active City Collective. Um, that and some studies that we've done at Sport Calgary, it is a little mind-boggling exactly how important, how big, how intertwined sport recreational activity is in this city. Yes. I, I don't think people understand how intertwined it is. And I don't know if... Do we even understand it? I think we're constantly learning. And so between those initiatives that you mentioned, I think we continue to reach out and embrace how people have become engaged in sport. And, you know, when we say sport, it's it's an interesting term. Um, I had had a meeting um, with Councillor Farrell, and she you know, we talked about what the definition of sport was. And I said, to me, it's everything. It's, it's organized sport. It's being out, it's being active. It's going for walks. And, and I remember her saying to me, well, I guess maybe I am a sport person. And <laughs> I had heard that and I'm like, can I record that? <laughs> um, but it's, you know, I think that's where people have a certain definition that, well, sport is organized sport. Well, really? Because when I go out for a bike ride, to me, that's sport. And it, it, it's, you know, sport with, uh, you know, quotation marks around it. So I think between these initiatives, we're starting to understand how intertwined 
our community is within that sport world. And the city has done a great job um, with the Sport for Life policy, and we're really starting to implement that and and get engaged in that. And we, Sport Calgary plays a big role with that. So it's it's interesting and it's fascinating. And you know, I just before the the social distancing and um, this all happened, I had a, a great meeting about a study that, you know, the Mount Royal, Mount Royal University is going to do with the karate and kickboxing um, events. And so, you know, we're getting more and more engaged and people are looking at us going, hey, do you want to be a part of this? So that we can bring the information back to the community saying, this is how we are active. This is how our community and economy and everything is affected by activity and by sport. Got to ask you a ticklish question because um, you mentioned <laughs> you've mentioned it a couple times. You mentioned um, International Women's Day, which was a couple weeks ago. You were on, I believe, the Sportsnet uh, Sunday Night Hockey package. I think you were there. Yes. Uh, you mentioned the leadership uh, panel that was put together uh, for the chamber, I believe. So let me ask you a question that, um, and I, I let me ask: Are you a are you a female leader in sport or are you a leader in sport and and it's how far have we come question well that's a tough one um you know we've uh, i'll start with we've come a long way um we still for equality um we still have a long way to go uh if we look at though i mean calgary is one of the great examples if we look at female leaders of organizations, board chairs, uh, females on boards. Calgary is, I look at many of these organizations, Sheila Taylor, Mary Moran. I mean, we have some great representation of very strong leaders. Absolutely. I'm fortunate to have great mentors. Um, We still have a long way to go uh, nationally and internationally. And when we look at sport coverage, it's getting better. Mm -hmm. But I guess I would put myself in both positions that I would consider myself a leader and hope to continue to be a leader and and build myself as a leader. But I'm okay also to say female leader because, you know, I I am different. And females and males in different ways are, are often different. And having a daughter... You know, I I will never, and I said this to my kids, I will never apologize for being strong and independent. And I hope that my son looks at that and says, you know, when I'm older, I want to have a strong and independent wife because it's not something that everybody can handle because I am, I am independent (laughs) and that drives people crazy. And my mom was the exact same way. But I will never apologize for that because I want to show people that it doesn't matter if you're male or female. You can be independent. And yet, I am super vulnerable as well. And, you know, and that's where earlier on I'd said, when you said fearless, my goodness, that is the kind of the biggest joke because I am a great actor. I am scared, I won't use the word, um, a lot of times and, and worried. But... Again, I just go into it going, okay, well, you know what? I don't want to have regret. So we have made great strides. And um, 
it's often our community that, you know, at this panel at, uh, at the Westin for our, um, corporate athlete series, you know, people had said, um, you know, like embrace, embrace who you are and embrace the belonging side and stop, stop pointing fingers at, at people. And because often we're doing that because of our own insecurities, but it's also okay to be insecure. I mean, so we have come a long way as female leaders. Um, but I think we, we still have a long way to go. And again, that's, you know, we have some great mentors and we have some great examples and, you know, I will never, I will never change. And I'm okay with that. I, I feel, and I'm not the person to speak to this, but I feel from the outside that we live in a bit of a bubble here in Calgary, that we have leaders, we have women who have excelled um, maybe in far greater density than other places. And I'm sorry, that's just how I feel. The fact that Cassie Campbell Pascal lives here and what she's done, all of the Olympic mm-hmm. athletes, Chandra Crawford, all, you know, on and on it goes. You travel, mm-hmm. you, you, you've been on international circles. Are we, you know, is that one strength of Calgary? For sure. I, and, and yet, I'm going to actually say this, I'm probably going to get into trouble, in certain environments, and then you go into certain environments and, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny that the saying is you're the odd man out. Um, you're sometimes the odd female out. Okay. Uh, so there are certain environments, though. But I think the cert- what we see, and, and I'm going to say you and I in, in our environments, we for sure are one of the strengths in, in Calgary because we have – we are a hub for sport. And so a lot of the – strong female leaders are here okay. and that's great and and i think that's we're so fortunate to have that there are certain environments that it is not the same way and and and, and you know at the end of the day i mean i hope that we can empower these young girls and, and boys that a leader is a leader um and you know everybody has the same opportunity but you know anybody can do anything but we are you know we are fortunate to live here for sure because we have such great examples but you know whatever position whatever you know it it needs to be the person that's right for that position but the only thing that i ever try to do is show the youngsters and again not just female but male and female that anybody can do it it doesn't matter sort of your upbringing it doesn't matter of social status it doesn't matter of race, religion, any of that, it doesn't matter of, you know, sexual orientation, it doesn't matter, just be a leader. Let's tell some stories. Um, <laughs> I, I want you to take me back um, to an Olympic experience. Give me a lighter side of the Olympics for Katrina LeMaydone. Do you, do you have one? Was there a, a, a you know, you, you've been very honest and open about, you know, what it was like for you to prepare and compete, but give me something lighter that happened to you at the Olympics. Goodness, oh my! Um, there are always the light sides, and <laughs> you know that's what you miss. And Olympics probably less because everything is so focused. And Olympics are so um, they're so disciplined in the way. And what I mean by that is that you know you're with your own country, and as neat as that is, 
you often don't know a lot of those athletes, even though they're from your own country. And so the people that you see for, for nine months of the year are your competitors from other countries who are some of your best friends. You don't really see them at Olympics. So it's, it's very different that way. Mm. Um, and you know, it's, it's interesting because the stuff that you miss is the, you know, the teammate stuff, they become your family because you spend so much time and, we used to go to Europe for 10 weeks at a time. And so during those times, it was, you know, we would try to entertain ourselves. And it was, we were once in this little small town in Italy. And this was, this lead, this was leading up. Uh, no, this part wasn't leading up to the games. This is when we were just, in, we were literally in Europe for 10 weeks. Tiny little town up from Balzano, big Balzano being a big uh, hockey town. And it's a little town called Calalbo. And we were, I hate using the word bored, but we were bored. We were in the middle of of a training camp. And there was this Italian graduation. And we went and crashed it. (laughs) We just went down to the town hall and we crashed it. And it was, you know, it was was awesome because they just embraced us. And we were like, we're here in this Italian graduation. Like, it was so weird, but it was such fun. And, you know, silly stuff like that. We used to do crazy things, but we would take people into their rooms and then we would, like, go into their room and take all their clothes and tape all of their clothes together that then went when they came in. I mean, they couldn't get to their clothes. Silly, just silly, stupid things like that that just entertained us. And, um, you know, that's the sort of stuff we would do on the road. But then. Yeah. You know, when you when it came to games, it was so focused. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we we loved it, but it was just different. But I'll tell you that um, uh, leading into my first Olympics in 1992, um, we uh, we had to travel, and we were doing a training camp, and then we were traveling by bus to France. And I remember my mom, and I've told the story a couple other times. My mom had phoned. It was about a week before the games, and we were just leaving for France and she said, now you don't have to go if you don't want to. And I remember on the phone thinking, what? And this is, you know, back in the days of the calling card and all of that. <laughs> and, and I, and my, I said to my mom, well, I want to go. She goes, okay, well then I'll see you there next week. And it was just one of these weird, but okay. I guess that's just her way of saying, you know, if I really don't want to be doing this, I don't have to. And I kind of knew that, but yet um, it was so nice to hear it. Um, so you know, we got to the games and yeah, it's just, it's a different environment and every Olympics has its spirit, but where I probably saw was able to actually embrace it all was two years ago when I was a part of Pyeongchang and I was the athlete mentor, which used to be assistant chef de mission because for the first time, you know, as an athlete, you're so focused and you're so kept in your little bubble and you can't see anybody and you can hardly talk to anybody. And, you know, you're, you're just focused on your event knowing that, you know, there's not, there are these big parties, but we're not a part of it because our season still continued for another month after the Olympics. And then I did five games as a, as a broadcaster. And I mean, you know, as a broadcaster, you just sit there being yelled at all the time, (laughs) you know, being pulled in a hundred different directions and working, literally 20 hours a day and that was it for five olympics so this was the first games where i actually got to be a part of it i was there for a month and i was in the village and i was 
I, you know, I opened the athlete lounge at 7 a.m. and I would close it at 2 a.m. And I was just a part of it. And, you know, seeing the athletes introducing themselves to each other, having been there, you know, knowing that they didn't know each other, knowing what they were going through, all of that was the first time where I, I'm going to say that I actually enjoyed the Olympics. It was the first time in 10 games where I was sad when they were over. As much as it took me away from my kids for four weeks, I was sad they were over. And it was very enlightening, you know, and it was, I had to take a month off of work. It's a volunteer position, but it was, it was kind of life-changing. And so, you know, I look back and when you ask about the fun stuff of Olympics, there's some, but there's way less than other events that you do. And yet this was the first time that I actually could enjoy it because as much as I felt engaged and I wanted the athletes to compete, it wasn't on me. And it was fascinating. You know, what's amazing from my perspective, because my perspective has always been the same, outside, asking the questions and, and letting the stories get told, that I could talk to you, I could talk to a hockey player, I could talk to a football player, I could talk to anybody at any level in sport. And the memories we always bring back are always the fun, the camaraderie. The, those yeah. are the ones that pop for us, right? It's, you know, yeah. it's, you, you're a champion. You've, you've won. You've done things that no other person has done in this country. Yet, and it's the same way for Stanley Cup winners and Grey Cup champions. It's the locker room. It's the getting together. Mm -hmm. It's... And I, I don't know if we do a good enough job of maybe explaining that and, and promoting that in youth sports that enjoy this. I, I, you know, it's funny. We started this conversation, didn't we, talking about, you know, the championships ending and, and it being a struggle. But one, I don't know if you saw the video last year from Jason Weimer. His team lost in the city finals. Five minutes afterwards, he's showing this video of these kids dancing in their dressing room. And that's, that's sport, right? It is. It really is. I mean, it's it's hard because in the moment, and you know, especially I'm gonna say, especially in Olympics, especially when it's one event. Yeah. And you, it, it's it's in your way, life or death. Yeah. Because literally, I had four times thirty seven seconds to show my stuff. Right. That would and people say dictate your future. Yes and no, but it does have an influence. And yet, yet I know, and I knew then, and I know now, but it's an easier perspective now, that medal or no medal, it doesn't change who you are, but it's, it's hard to really tell kids that. And if somebody tried to tell me that, and they probably did, you know, I would have told them where to go. I would have zoned out and just been like, yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. You're right. Because, yeah. yeah, and yet it's okay because I think we need to continue to portray that message. But it's also afterwards is how people lead. And I think that's something I'm proud of is that I don't think I'm any different than anybody else because I have three Olympic medals. I mean, somebody, you know, I'm the only one in my family who doesn't have two, two degrees. You know, they accomplished other things, my sisters and my mom and dad. And, and my mom had said after 98, yeah, but you're the only one with two medals. And it's like, it's just different. It's just different. And so I think that's what we need to, you know, we need to, we need to celebrate those victories, how big or small they are. And for sure, we don't do that enough. We don't talk about the perspective enough. 
and that's where then I feel like we're in a fortunate place because we have so many great leaders who have done incredible things, but they're still a part of our community. They're just, they're just regular people. Will you come on again? Because I've, I, I mean, I I'll didn't even get to, time, I didn't get to the things I wanted to talk about. But okay, bef- <laughs> before we hey, go, go to sportcalgary.ca, we're going to have forty-five podcasts a day. And it's you, all Rob I'm, himself. I'm happy to do it. Um, okay, so <laughs> you, you and I are going to launch uh, an original six feet conversations tradition. Okay, and uh, and I, I'm going to tell you yeah. right now, I stole this from Pat Monahan the lead singer of Train, he did a podcast. Uh, He doesn't do it anymore, but I love this question. He'd always ask artists and singers and and musicians this question. But I want to make it Calgary-specific. Katrina, give me your YYC hidden gem. Maybe it's a restaurant, maybe it's a coffee shop, maybe it's a movie theater. But give me when this is all over and we return... That one place, that one thing that you want to go and do that uh, maybe not a lot of people know about. Oh, a hidden gem. Oh, I don't even know. What, you know what? This is, I'm going to give you a different answer from my second podcast, but you know, <laughs> that's good. Because, because the thing is, is that when you say, what can we do when it's all done, you know, we, I don't know any other city that has something like a nose hill where you can go and even in the social distancing, you can go and I mean, I have two Love dogs it. that I can go and be in fresh air. I don't have to be around people. And again, I said earlier, I'm like, I'm, I am a little bit of a loner and I like being on my own and you know, my kids and my dogs, those are, those are my people. And, um, you know, I don't know any other city that has something like that. And it's it's not hidden, and everybody knows about it, but, man, we're fortunate to have it in all, like, 365 days of the year. So right now, that's what comes to mind, but a hidden gem I'll figure out uh, for our next podcast. Well, then, then we'll have to do it. But I, I love that. That's exactly what I was looking for, that kind. Loved it. Um, this is awesome. Uh you know, I know where you are. You know where I am. We're all where we are. Uh, yep. We will be in touch. But thank you. This was fun. Thanks for kicking us off in style. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for doing this. Now, tell me that wasn't really good. That was pretty awesome. She is fantastic. Uh, Katrina, of course, uh, President and CEO of Sport Calgary. We're going to hear from her again. Loved, loved, loved her hidden gem. Loved, loved, loved her hidden gem. So really excited about that. Um, look. We got conversations. I just give you. I don't want to give them all away, but I'm going to give you a hint. Um, we're going to talk to a country music superstar. We are going to talk to one of Canada's top comedians. We are going to talk to a number of Bob Slayers, Sledders, Slayers, Bob Sledders, uh, Bob Slayer, Bob Sledders. Uh, anyway, Olympic medalists. Um, we might get one of the most, not might, we will get one of the most pronounced voices in Calgary on here. That's, I'm just, I'm tickling you. I'm tickling you right now. I'm telling you, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for joining us. This was our first Original Six Feet podcast, or Original Six Feet podcast. You, you get the pun? Original Six, Six Feet. Yeah. Most important thing, uh, before I let you go, 
Stay safe, everybody. Uh, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's a whole new reality, and, and we're all in it together. We're going to come out of this on the other side. Uh, we're going to be a little different, but I think we're going to be a little better, too. Uh, we hope that this helps. We hope that this is a, a little respite and a little distraction. Anyway, just a reminder, uh, of course, Sport Calgary, uh, producer, uh, the platform for this podcast. Sport Calgary, tired of searching dozens of websites for local sports events? Visit www.sportcalgary.ca and find hundreds of local events, everything from community gatherings to summer camps to tournaments. Of course, a little more relevant once everything's over, but you know what we mean. All right, everybody, have a great day. We're back with you soon with another original Six Feet Podcast.